Hey, everybody, it's Lee. I know we're heading into the offseason, so we wanted to give a shout-out to our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, one more time. And again, we have a coupon for $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at hockey.sensearena.com. I always like to remind everybody, I've been using this thing for six months, and I'm just blown away, not just from the VR aspect of it and the virtual reality side of things, but the ability to give different perspectives of the game, whether I'm playing as a goaltender, and I got to admit, it is really hard, but it has really given me a perspective from that point of hockey, which has made me a better coach and a better ice hockey player, or the skater modes, which help you work on cognitive skills and other things like heads-up play that you don't normally get to work on in a practice or a game. So I implore you to check it out. It helps us out. It helps them out. Support our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena. Get $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Again, that's Hockey Never Stops. That's the code at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Check it out. And without further ado, enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Hello, hockey friends and families around the world, and welcome back to another edition of Our Kids Play Goalie, powered by NHL Sense Arena. You know, it's the time of year. We talked about this in a previous episode. Evaluations are coming. Tryouts are coming. Mass panic ensues. We don't know what to do. The teams are coming. We have to pick the teams. My goodness gracious, what are we going to do? But you know what we didn't talk about, guys? We didn't talk about this from the goaltender point of view, and it was our mission when we started Our Kids Play Goalie. Make sure that no goaltender is left behind. You can print that, put it on a T-shirt, TM it, whatever you need to do. So in order to do this correctly, uh, we need to bring in some goaltending experts. So we brought back the goalie doctors, Matt Tendler and Mitch Harris, joining us again. Their second episode on Our Kids Play Goalie. We are happy to have both of you here to dive into the world of goaltending around this time of year, which is important for everyone, parents, coaches, players, skaters, and goalies to know, not just the goalies themselves. Matt, Mitch, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having us. No, it's our pleasure, guys. And listen, I'm not even sure where to start on this episode other than do goaltenders go through the same level of anxiety at this time of year? Is it different for them approaching evaluations? Obviously, there's less of them than the skaters. Um, but I'm sure you get the same questions of what team am I going to land on? You know, do, do I have to be at tryouts every time? Uh, what is the process for goaltenders this time of year? Well, if I could, I'll, I'll start. I think it's important to kind of lay the, the foundation um, where we're talking. So I, I think for the start of this conversation, let's talk about youth and we'll talk about midget and below, right? Sure. So um, when, when I'm looking at goalies that are going into tryouts, and Mitch, I'm sure your phone is blowing up as well. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of um, uneasiness. There is a lot of uncertainty. Um and I think it's important for us to kind of segregate out this group again. So when I'm thinking about the difficulties around tryouts, there is a group, let's just say the top 10%, that they can go anywhere. They're that good, that they're wanted. There's not that much stress about where they're going to be. They really get to pick and choose. For them, okay, let's just exclude them from this environment. And then you also have the the bottom 10%, which is the new ones, the beginners, that really this is something so new uh, that they will just be happy to play on any team. And we'll talk about the middle 80% where we can throw a big blanket over everybody and say, you know what, we this major group of goalies or players, they're all very good. They're all very competitive. Uh, but are they going to be at that AAA, AA or single A or whatnot? Um, in that environment, we get a lot of phone calls and say, you know, we're 
we enjoy our team right now, but we're we're thinking about going somewhere else. The grass is greener somewhere else. Well, I think it's important to really look at it holistically. Um, yes, we all want to play on the best team possible, but there's a lot of other factors that play into it. Um, we need to make sure that the parents are taking into consideration, you know, travel, you know, whether or not you're at the A level, the double A level or the triple A level, each team has a different commitment that is required. Um, and if you're not willing and ready to sacrifice or put that time and effort in, I think the parents and the players should exclude some of those teams. Um, if you are on that side where I want to make the highest level, you know, Johnny, Johnny tried really, really hard this year and he played really good. You know, we want to make that next level. We want to find that next opportunity. That's when it gets a little bit more difficult and challenging, mm -hmm. right? When you're going up against the competition that you looked up to for, for the whole past season and say, you know what, I want to be on that level. Um, my, my first question to any parent or player is how did you do this year? Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for all of us to understand tryouts for the most part are two days, three days. There's very short time. And we all have this want and wish that the world is fair. Um, unfortunately, you know, if we want to say in a perfect world, if I could create a perfect tryout environment, you have all the kids on the ice at the same time, goalies included, and you would have a outside independent evaluator to be blind to the names to the parents and just pick on skill mm -hmm. that's not how it really works i mean if you want to be honest that's it's it's unfortunate that it doesn't work that way but it also wouldn't be fair to really operate that way because i'm a firm believer that whether you play very good in one game or let's just say two or three days or you play really bad in two or three days that doesn't dictate who you are or how much uh, potential that you have over the next 12 months. So really what I try and encourage everybody is to take every day as a tryout. Hockey is a very small community and goalies and goalies, parents, players, you would be silly not to think that the coaches and the evaluators don't talk to each other because we do. We all know for the most part uh, who a lot of the players are before even the tryout weekend comes up. And it always comes back to what have you been doing for the last 12 months? What trajectory is this kid on? What are the parents like? Unfortunately, that's part of the equation. So if mom and dad are, you know, a little bit of a, you know, a squeaky wheel, it does put them into a different bracket where they better be so good that the coach is okay with dealing with mom and dad's extra curricular activities. Um, so, you know, for the most part, when the goalies ask me, like, where should I play? It's like, okay, I look back and the goalies that we work with. And I think, have they been putting in 100% effort, 100% attention for the last 12 months? And if they have, and if they are, then we're looking, okay, what's that next level? Can we go from A to double A? Can we go from double A to triple A? Um, and if they can, and they have the ability, then it really comes down to the difficult part is finding the opportunity. You know, we need to make sure that as parents and as goalies, you treat this almost like a job. Right. And honestly, what we play youth sports for, it gives us an environment to learn how to become a well-rounded human being that can be successful after 
we're done putting our pads on. Uh, just like if I wanted to go out and find a job, I would evaluate what options are out there. For the most part, that's not that difficult. We have this fun internet machine that you can Google anything. You can look at every single AAA team within mom and dad, 20, 30, 40 mile radius, however you feel, however long you want to drive. And then you can understand the options that are there. And then once you understand kind of the teams, the travel, and make sure it's reasonable to be able to get there, then you can start looking at who's on who was on the team last year. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to be really self-aware as a player, as a goalie, of what my capabilities really are. If I'm a double-A player and I'm a goalie and I am middle of the road at the double-A pack, double-A no, level, I have to be realistic that I might not be up at the upper echelon of that double-A team. So how do I expect to be able to make that triple-A team? Maybe another double-A season will be good for them, right? Mm-hmm. I, again, you know, in the NHL, the AHL, the East Coast, the younger players that come up, they get put at lower levels to gain experience, to gain knowledge, to grow and mature. So then hopefully one day they can climb the ladder and get up to those higher levels. And sometimes we try and force kids into higher levels earlier because they, mom and dad want those extra letters next to the team. Uh, but it's a double-edged sword, right? We're only as good as the people that we surround ourselves with. So if we're in an environment where I'm a double-A or single-A player, and I am putting everything I have into this sport, into this position, and my teammates aren't. That environment can become very contagious as well. And it can hold you back and it can restrict you. Um, on the flip side, little Johnny thinks that he wants to really try hard and really play this position or play this sport. And he makes that AAA level, but it's more than he expected. This is a lot more of a commitment. I have three practices a week. I have to go travel to two games on the weekend. It becomes more of a job. And then, you know, by October or November, he's burnt out. So I think it's very important for everyone to really take a step back. This is sports. This is youth sports. Find the best environment that you think is going to help development, maturity. And also, you need to find a spot that you're going to have fun. I mean, that's sometimes the most important piece of this sport that people forget. Um, you need to find a, a spot where you can enjoy, be challenged, grow, but make sure they have fun. So I think it's important to really look holistically. What are the options? Triple A, double A, single A. Whenever you kind of find what funnel you want to be in, then you really have to do your due diligence on the coach. You know, every coach, I think, is coaching is the most important piece to any team. Uh, and you could be on a triple A program and not have a very good coach and you could have a terrible year, but it's okay. I'm playing against the best players in the area. Not, not in my opinion. I don't agree with that. Uh, I'd much rather play at a lower level, a double A or single A level with, with a coach that's hundred percent passionate. That's going to do a great job running team practices, doing things like team building, teaching kids, resiliency, independence, maturity. Um, those are the pieces that are sometimes the hardest thing is to find. So I think it's for parents, phone calls, emails are very important around this time frame. reaching out to the organizations, reaching out to the hockey directors, reaching out and connecting with the coaches. And then as we get through the end of the season tryouts, districts are all over. For the most part, every rink run pre-tryout skates. 
So I think it's great for the kids to get out there in those pre-trial environments. And then when you're on the ride home or you're at home on the dinner table, mom and dad and the goalie or the player better have a, a honest conversation about how they think they did in that environment. And they better understand that there's only a few spots available on each team. And for goalies, I'm not a great mathematician, but I think there's only two of them. Um, so <laughs> if there's a goalie on the team that it was the number one goalie last year and played the majority of the games, you better realize that there's only one spot there. Or I hate to say this, but again, as I prefaced earlier, tryouts aren't just those two or three days. It's what have you done for the last 12 months? So if the goalie pair that's there on any team did exceptional, did fine, the coach is happy. Sometimes coaches would, this is not the greatest metaphor or similar, go with the devil that they know. Because the devil you know is always better than the devil that you don't know sometimes. Um, so be realistic, be honest. Realize that as much as we want to say that this is 100% an, a clean slate and fair, uh, it's not, you know, there's obviously people that are in situations and in scenarios that they're not going to move down or not going to get cut. Um, and you have to really try to do the best that you can to understand that environment. It's a little bit easier for forwards and D because obviously there's not as many, uh, there's not, there's much more spots for those players. Goalies are a little bit more of a niche environment where you really have to network. I think networking is big, uh, and mom and dad can do a little bit. At the younger ages, it's more important for mom and dad to kind of be the shepherd, to sh steer the ship. Uh, but as they become older, you know, 13, 14, 15, anything after 15, mom and dad should be nothing more than the chauffeur and the and the piggy bank. Uh, because if they really are serious about trying to climb the ladder, no coach wants to talk to mom and dad outside of high level. The coach wants to talk about and talk with the player because really – you know, I, I, I was a head coach. I'm a coach. Mitch, you're, you're a coach. We all know the investment is for the next 12 months. Mm. So it may be a trial for two or three days, but we're investing in the player and the family for the next 12 months. And it, it needs to be a good investment on both sides. Um, I know that was kind of all over the place and a little high level. So I'll kind of open it up to Mitch and see if you have any extra comments on that one. Yeah, a couple of things definitely to think about are what goalie coach is available at that team. Um, there are some double A program, triple A programs that have don't have as good a goalie coaching as tier two programs. Um, so it's really important to know, and it doesn't have to be. Obviously, we'd love to have all you guys at goalie doctors teams, but we can't we can't have all all the goalies there. Uh, but it's really important to understand what goalie training do they get? Do they get a clinic? Does a coach come out for the first ten minutes of, of practice and then go to another team or stand by the wayside? Um, so. Knowing what you're going to get in goalie training at your team is, is critical. Um, aside from that, I mean, what Matt said is, is really accurate. Um, we really need to make sure, you know, that you're talking to coaches and really read that they're telling you the truth. That, oh, well, there's, there's a spot when you know that they had two great goalies and you know they're coming back. Um, another big thing that we're starting to see, especially at the midget level, the AAA level, is you're starting to see teams carry three goalies. Um, so it's really important um, if you're at that level to ask, are you carrying three goalies? Because frankly, it's a challenge. Um, and if you are perceived, especially if you're the new guys, the three, chances are that you're probably not going to get a lot of playing time. And also then when it comes to nationals, they only have a certain amount of roster spots. You could find out in end of December, you've paid your full dues for the year. Sorry, sorry, Johnny, but we, we don't have a roster spot for you for nationals. So your season's over. Basically, you're a practice player for the rest of the year. 
So there's there's a lot there. Matt covered a lot of it, but for me, it's also you know find out who the, who the goalie coach is. If you're going into a team and they say, well, we don't have one yet, or we don't know, we're still working on it, I would be a little little nervous about heading that program. And if I could just one extra comment, I, I think it's important for all of us to realize that you know we're always striving for perfection. And uh, I deal with a lot of parents that are very very successful outside of the rink in their their career and they are perfectionists and that's why they are so successful in the hockey world i don't know too many people that have a perfect environment right you get those top 10 percent, and they're they're really good they're going to be in their mind they're in the perfect environment because they're always going to be the you know the upper echelon i think it's important to try and find the most ideal for the individual and everyone's situation is a little bit different right let's just take example for the three goalie you know, if, I, if I'm on, if I'm teetering the double A to triple A, and I get an offer as a third goalie spot on a triple A midget program, I really need to look internally and say, is this the best situation for me? And what do I really want in hockey? Because whatever team that we're on this year is nothing more than a lily pad or a stepping stone onto what's going to come next. And you have to make sure you're not just looking at the next 12 months. You're looking at goals are so important for goalies, players, parents, everyone set goals, short-term, mid-term, long-term. And you have to see where each step that you take gets you closer to those goals. And, you know, for a third goalie on a midget program, for some, they're not mentally strong enough to be able to do that. Right. I, I deal with college teams. Mitch deals with college teams and they carry four goalies and, Every single one of those goalies think that they're good and they are good, but there's only one net. And for the most part, one or two goalies of the three or four get the majority of the minutes and three or four are there for development and growth, but they don't get as many games. They don't get as many, as much, I would say feedback and opportunities to grow from the coaches. So they need to be much more independent in terms of their workload work their effort and also their development um one of the biggest years that i think i had of growth was when i didn't play as much Mm. because i was hungry i had a taste of what number one was like i had a taste of being the guy and then i got myself into an environment and i wasn't that guy and it was hard it was not fun but instead of looking externally and saying oh i blame the coach i blame this i made a poor decision i said I'm on this train there's no going back. How do I make this environment and this situation the best that it can be? I put my nose down. I was upset every weekend that I didn't get to play, but I used that as motivation, as, as fuel to continue to get me into the gym, back on the ice, show up to practices early, be a, you know, be the best teammate that I can be. So whenever I did get my, my chances and I did earn my minutes, not only was I better prepared and I realized that I invested and I got my return on my investment, well, my teammates respected me more. I didn't complain. Uh, I didn't moan. I didn't point fingers. You know, I put my head down. I got better. I earned my minutes. And then whenever I was playing, they were like, man, this guy, this guy went through the rigor. This has not come easy for him. Let's, let's go get him a couple wins. Let's go block a couple extra shots. Um, and I think it really comes down to the individual. But ultimately, trying to find the most ideal is definitely a lot easier than trying to find that perfect environment. 
That is such great advice. And parents can play such a big role in that positivity. It'd be very easy to feed into that, those negative feelings and to blame everybody for your kid not being in the net, but to use that as an opportunity to grow and, and to become a better player and really pay attention to what's going on out, of, out there on the ice. It, it, you can turn that into a great opportunity like you did. That is such great advice. I'm, I'm curious, during tryouts itself, you know, your nerves, you're a bundle of nerves in the net. Let's say you're in a tryout you're not doing well, you feel like you're really messing up. Are there any kinds of tricks for goalies to hit the reset button to try and save that tryout? You're safe. <laughs> I love I love that. Yeah, I, absolutely. And uh, I won't be as long. I'll give Mitch a little bit of time here, but I just want to say, you know, a couple deep breaths in, hold, out, hold, and say, go out and have some fun. That was always kind of my reset, right? And for me, everyone has their different mental exercise. Uh, but for me, it was a couple deep breaths, realizing that, you know, I just need to be grateful to be here. And if I was grateful for the opportunity that I had, grateful for the chance that I, I had to play goalie, grateful that my parents allowed me to do this, it really alleviated a lot of that anxiety because I was just happy to be there, happy to be in that environment, happy to compete I mean, really, that's all we can do as players and goalies. I mean, that's the thing that I miss the most about playing is honestly, when you're in the net and when you're on the ice, you are in control. You, the goalie, you can make that extra save or you can let that squeaker in. And it's really up to you. I think every puck is stoppable. I can argue on that. Uh, there is a difference between could have stopped or should have stopped. But every puck in my mind is a stoppable puck. Um so when I'm in that environment, a couple deep breaths, refresh my memory that I'm here because I love the game. I love the position. I love the competitiveness. And I just want to go out and compete. And you know what? The one thing that my dad told me when I was a young kid that really stuck with me was the hockey gods have already written down what happened in this, in this game, in this practice. So just go out and play. Don't worry about what's going to happen. Worry about what you can do right now. Mitch said this to me the other day. He is where his feet are. Be where your feet are, hmm. right? Don't be up in the stands thinking about what the coach is thinking about. Don't be on the bench what the coach is thinking about. Be in the crease. Be in your skates. Be where your feet are and worry about what is right in front of you right now. Be a firefighter. Don't be worrying about, hmm. you know, planning what's going to happen after I get off the ice. See a fire, solve it. See a problem, solve it. Um, and just trying to refresh your mind that I am here. I can't fix what happened, but I can make a difference on what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I, mean, I think we need a T-shirt. Be where your feet are. I love that. That's actually from uh, from a Justin Goldman book. Um, right. I, think, I think it oh, might have fantastic. been Jake Ottinger that said it. I don't recall, but it was in his most recent one. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the key thing for me is control the controllable. I mean, that's all we can do. Our attitude and our effort. Goals are going to happen. Um, it's just a part of the game. No, there's not one goalie in the Hockey Hall of Fame with zero goals against and a thousand save percentage. So goals are going to happen is how do you react to it? Um, you know, I've seen in tryouts where goalies will slam their stick. They'll look up in the sky. They'll look up at mom and dad. There, There's an X right there. Um, so it's a matter of just like you would in a game. It, it, goals happen. Just, you know, whatever you do in a game, whether it be getting your water, whether you skate to the corner, whether you, whatever you do, 
Um, emulate, look at the NHL goalies and see what they do when they give up goals. You know, um, Mitch, that, that to me is key. One thing I want to bring up, you're both talking about present moment awareness, which I think is a massive skill set that we need to be teaching our youth hockey players at all positions uh, more and more. But something you're making me think about just from an evaluation tryout point of view, you know, for the parents out there, look, it's normal for your kids to have some nervousness or anxiety before an evaluation. I mean, that's completely normal. I, I think normalizing that that is what happens is something that's important to do. Now, with that said, and, and you both touched on this, right? It's enjoyable to compete. I think the older you get in sports, the more you realize how much a gift that competition is, right? And the nerves turn into something a little bit different. I think you still feel the nervousness and the anxiety, but you start to be grateful for it because as I always say to my, my students, if you're nervous, it's because you care. You're nervous because you care about the outcome of this situation. Now, to Mitch, your point, what can you control in this outcome? And, and I'll tell you right now, as a coach at an eval, and this is true for all players, but especially goaltenders, if I see a goalie out there and he's having a blast or she's having a blast, whether the puck goes in or not, and, I, and they're working hard, obviously, and there's some talent there, I want that kid on my team, right, because they're loving it. And again, this is true for D, forwards, anything in between. And the thing is, that player is is probably nervous, all right. But they're they're transforming that energy into something a little bit different, right? I had a great conversation uh, with my own son. You know, we were facing a team that it, it is highly unlikely we were going to win this game. I'll put it that way, all right. And we talked about the mental approach of you know what the outcome of this game will most likely be. So what are we gonna do, right? What are we gonna do about it, right? If they if they come in with a hundred shots, what are you gonna do? And I think that a lot of that mental training goes into the, the evaluation as well. What are you going to do in the net and an eval if you get scored on, right? Yes, all eyes are on you, <laughs> whether they are or aren't, right? That's yeah. the perception. So what are you going to do? And I'm going to say it one more time. When I see a goaltender having fun in that high-pressure environment, and, and, and fun can, can be I'm having a fun time smiling in net, or a hey, I'm, I'm, nice goal, great job, let's go, next shot. It's a huge impact. Again, this is probably advice for all players, not just goaltenders. But um, I'll throw it back to, to the group here because I think, you know, what, what we look for at evals in addition to talent, like we have to look for that. That's, that's why we yep. have evals, is the attitude. Absolutely. You know, body language is, is so important. We communicate when we're in the net with our body language, right? I mean, if I, if I get scored on, I slam my stick and my shoulders are slumping. Mm. You, you said this, all eyes on you, or that's how we perceive it. Right. There's a lot of kids on the ice at tryouts. Um, not every goal is seen. Not every mistake is seen or watched by the coach. Not every big save is seen or watched. It's true. Right? It's true. I mean, you look, you, you're out there and the coaches are having a lit laundry list of players of 40, 50, 60, maybe even at some junior skates, 100 plus with 30 plus goalies. You only have a few in a few seconds for a coach to watch you and either cross your name off the list or keep you on the list, mm -hmm. right? So body language is so very important. And remember, you know, even if you make a mistake, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that someone saw it. So quickly refresh, get over it, and then get back to work because maybe they missed that mistake, and then you follow up a, a goal with a huge save. They see that big save. So it's, again, important to remember, you know, control the things you can, be where you're at, make sure you're having fun. If you're having fun normally, normally, 
the results track trend in that direction where you're having sure. fun, you're doing better. And then your body language is contagious. You know, if you're having fun, enjoying yourself out there, your teammates are going to, you know, enjoy it as well. And then, like you said, the coach is thinking, I want this kid on my team. I, I don't need to worry about, uh, you know, the difficulties or the challenges of this goaltender. And, you know, we're not perfect as coaches, you know, in my, in my last tryout season, um, we, we were at a lot of teams and a lot of organizations and I'm, the one that sticks out in my mind is a high level triple a program. And there's, there were a couple goalies that were picked this year. Um, and they were probably the best ones talent wise, but in that two or three day war environment, you don't get to know who that person is. Right. You don't get to know who that goalie is and whether it was luck or just, you know, they're, they just played really well that, that couple games, their deficiencies didn't show in those two or three day span and the coaches picked those goalies. And then over the next 12 months, the cracks started to show Right. the mental uh, immaturity of some of the goalies came to light. And now they're looking elsewhere. The, the coaches are looking elsewhere. So don't be discouraged if you don't make the team that you want this year, again, it's a, it's a, it's one year, it's 12 months. Uh, and don't get complacent. If you make the team that you right. do or that, that you want to stay hungry, it comes down to the individual. You know, I, I was just reading this great article this morning, funny enough, Matt, it, that was talking about the three types of inspiration, right? And one was having a dream, right? It's got to start somewhere. And two was having someone that supports your dream that you two emulate that every single day of your work. And they said three, the hardest part, was when you kind of make it, then what, right? Yeah. Is, is it is it you just wanted to make the team? I, this is important for tryouts across the board. Did you just want to make that team with the letters or the, the name? Or did you want to excel on that team? Because when you accomplish the goal, that's really where the work begins, right? And I, I think that that's an important part of this, if, is that for parents, for players, right, making the team whatever team we're talking about. Is, is kind of step one, right? We put so much emphasis on on how many A's are after a team. And I'm, and I'm not saying it's not important, people. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, but we put so much emphasis on that and not this question, which is something we talk about a lot. And, and again, this is probably – this is true for all levers, levels, but the younger you get, the more true it's it, – it's where will you develop the most, right? We just had Andrew Alberts on the show, former NHL player, and he talked about uh, – Matt, like you just did – that my some of my biggest seasons were when I didn't make the team because it, it fueled me and it motivated me. Now, that's something you can't really teach a kid. You have that or you don't. Parents, we can help cultivate that. We can't create it, right? Um, but some of the biggest developmental years were when I didn't make the team that I wanted to make. But at the end of the day, the highest performers I know, they don't need someone to push them. You know, when you get to the high-level AAA programs, you know, your hope is that those goaltenders are so self-motivated uh, and the players, too, that they want to learn. Right. Here, here's one for everybody at tryouts. Now, and, and this isn't um, deceitful in any way. I'm a coach. I naturally want to teach. OK, so at a tryout, if I'm running the tryout, I'm still coaching. Right. If I see a kid do something correctly, incorrectly, I'm going to offer my advice. Now, how that player responds to me at a tryout uh, is going to affect if I have to make a decision. 
right? I, I, I want the kid who's like, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for showing me that. I didn't know that, right? I've had kids say to me, I know, I know, I know, I know. Every parent's just nodding their head right now at home. I know, I know, mom. All right. Uh, learning how to learn <laughs> is a massive skill set, right? And I'll tell you right now, here's, here's a scenario people don't think about. And we'll use goaltenders as an example. Let's just say the top team goalies really are already picked. We know who they are. They're, 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 they got seniority. You know, the coach wants these two goaltenders. Well, what happens when that younger goaltender <clears throat> at the eval is learning from the coach or learning from the person doing the eval? And they go to the top level coach, say, next year, that kid's going to be ready for you. You even might want him to come out to your practices this year because he wants to learn or she wants to learn. You can see how much this, this goes into it. So it is a 12-month process, but it really is a 10-year process when you think about team to team to team. So, again, I'm going all over the place here. Um, I did want to say, like, you know, when we approach an evaluation, let's just talk for a minute about kind of the after effects, because I think from the goaltending position, um, and again, it's always true for all positions, but goaltending specifically, Mitch, you brought it up, that that goaltending coaching throughout the year. Again, people listening know I have a young goaltender um, in the house. OK, and where I'm at right now, he's going to be a second year squirt. And there's, there's actually a goaltending shortage at the organization as of today. We all know that can change in a heartbeat depending on what people do. Um, but, you know, one of the things I want to I want to bring up and Matt, I want to pay you a compliment is that, you know, he, he expressed interest to me organically, which I'm very proud of. Of Hey, I want to I want to I think I want to play at a, a higher level next season. I, I want to earn that spot. That was the way he approached it to me. And me being me, you know, I, I have all these thoughts in my head. I said, you know what? You should talk to Coach Matt. He's a goaltending coach. I, I'm only a bronze level coach because <laughs> I took that course. I'm, I'm kind of joking. But um, I was proud because he went up to you and he, and he asked. And actually, you told him exactly what, what we kind of alluded to him, which was, Let, let's work on your game. Let's get stronger. Nothing was, you have to make the double A team next year if you really want to succeed. No, letters were not brought up, <laughs> right? It was, here's the, the route of development for you at your age and your skill level. It was not about what team you make. It's about what you do with the time that you have, right? So, again, we put so much onus on the, the three days. And I think that you're making a great point that it's, it's not three days. It's 12 months, right? And, and it's a year-long commitment. And those three days, yes, they do affect your trajectory. But the work is not done in those three days. I think it's a good point. I mean, especially you think about those three days, especially if you're the, a new guy coming in. Take the ice away. And I think it's something we, I think we should talk about is what's your behavior off the ice? Right. Because as soon as you walk into the rink, as soon as you're in that parking lot, eyes are on you. So if they see you talking to your parent incorrectly, you know, rudely, something like that, you walk in, you don't throw your trash away. You leave the locker room and you leave it a mess. You leave your area a mess. Right. During drills, you're not doing 100% you know, of the skating drills. You're not helping pick up pucks. You're not doing the little extra things. As the new guy, that that's, you know, that's not a good thing. You need to be a great human being because that's the coach, as Matt said, it's it's a 12-month process. You're in this for 12 months. Those three days, if you're the new guy, you need to be the best new guy you can be to show that you're a better, maybe a better person. You may be an equal goaltender, but you better be a better person than the two goalies coming in. Totally agree. You know, I do want to say to the audience listening, Mike Benelli is here. This is one of those episodes <laughs> where Mike is listening quite a bit. And uh Mike, I do want to throw it to you because you always have some wisdom or, or some good questions to drop in on this. And I didn't do a full intro at the beginning of the show. So Mike Bonelli, ladies and gentlemen, here on Our Kids Play Goalie. No, no. I mean, listen, it's, it's what we talk about every day, right? I think it's just reinforced that, you know, 
you have to come in prepared. You have to come in with the, the feel. I mean, I, I, don't know, I just look at goaltending that you have such a – I think it's a great opportunity for goaltenders because I think goaltenders don't need to play on the best team. And, and, and depending on where you're at in your region and where you're at in your development, um, listen, you're paying a lot of money to be a goaltender. You, you might as well get the most rubber, right? You might as well get the most shots. And if you get the great, best coaching, that's where we see these kids leapfrog. I mean, the, rea- the, the reality is – Goalies make teams in youth hockey based off a lot of politics. They made the, they they were the only goalie when they came to squirts, and then they go, well, we can't cut the kid now. He's our yeah. only squirt. He's our only squirt goalie, and then now he's just now he's a squirt A goalie, and now he's the pee wee goalie. But where that changes is at 13, 14, 15 years old. There's no longer the oh, we gotta we just gotta keep the kid around to be loyal to him because he's from our town. So I think. That's so the it's a it's a longer game I think for goaltenders that wherever you get in you find good goaltending coaching you find a good parent coach or a coach that that is realistic in the expectations of 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 not just blaming you for every goal and blaming you for every loss and understanding that you know you're going to be in practices that you get to see like real hockey shots and really get to develop as a goaltender. And that your that your coaching staff and both got you know both, I think we've talked about this even on other episodes right that the the goal the parent the parent coach or the professional coach whatever it is at youth hockey is coordinating with the goalie coaches is understanding that it is a specialized position is understanding that these players uh, need you know a, a different look uh, and I if I'm a head coach I'm selling all that like I don't care if I'm triple A or double A or A I'm like listen. I'm going to get your kids in off ice. We have a, we have, not only do we have a good goalie coach, which is great, but I, co- I coordinate and communicate all the time with the goalie coach. Like, I don't just say like, I mean, I can't tell you, I've been a part of hundreds of organizations that I've come and worked with that the goalie coach is there, but they're not there. They have no, they have, they have no idea what the goalie did last weekend. They had no idea where the kid is in the pecking order. They just show up. They check the box. Did I talk to the kid? Did I tell him to watch his angles? Did I tell them to get body, better body language? And they move on. They say, hey, we have a goalie coach. But do you really have a goalie coach? So I want the I want the organization that tells me we have a we have a goalie coach that communicates with me, with you, with your parents, the other coaches in the organization, and we have a plan for you over the next two, three, four, five years. No matter where we put you, if you're coming to me or you're coming to our organization, you're already trusting that the organization is good, right? Because when our organization is not good anymore, after you get cut, well, that organization sucks. Well, you came, <laughs> you came and tried out for us, so you're the one that wanted to be here. So all of a sudden, we became bad because we evaluated you not the way you wanted to. So I'm just saying, like, if your coach is out there listening to this, be proactive in that. Sell the fact that you are a communicator that you that that you don't know that much about the day to day operations of a goaltender, and you're counting on this person. But you're always going to be communicating with that person all the time. And, um, you know, and I will say one thing. I, I don't think so much at the, at the at, you know, once the kids, I, I, I think at like 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, it's not as important sometimes, depending on what region you're in, again, to be a part of the team building process. Because, frankly, teams aren't loyal to you either. So just find the best place you could be find the best place mentally you can, you can mature 
and get all uh, all the opportunity you can. And I think for both these guys, right, and you guys could comment on this, I think it would be best, is, you know, look at the facility and tell me, mm-hmm. can everything I need be right here? Or do I need to go travel out 45 minutes twice a week to go get the extra instruction and go get different you know, uh, you know, different educational pieces of my game. Like, can I be, can I go to a one-stop shop, which is going to give me back a lot of pieces of my life and, and get good goal, you know, get good goaltending uh, within the building I'm already in. But other than that, I mean, all the other things, you know, not to look like a professional when you're eight, but, you know, come in, you know, don't look like Goldberg out there, you know, you know, put your pads on, the, you put your pads on the wrong legs and, you know, your mom's helping you get dressed, you know, when you're 12, like just, Know, know all these different things and set the tone of you coming in saying, listen, not only am, am I mature, I love playing goaltender. I know how to get dressed. I know how to be a good teammate. I know how to look the coach in the eye. Like these are all things we tell all of our players, right? And I think, and, and frankly, as a parent and as a coach, you're like, man, this is great. This kid's like, you know, he's, he's mature for his age. He understands the game. He's going to be a really positive influence in my locker room. And wow, he's just a happy kid. Like, He's just a happy person, and and that goes a long way when you're when you're trying to find, uh, especially when you know you had to have two goaltenders and try to manage those two personalities. Um, I always want to find a team as opposed to two individual kids that sit on either side of the bench and never talk to each other. Mike, you bring up a really good point that I didn't even think about. Um, we're talking about how do coaches react to goalies for for parents who are thinking about changing teams. Chances are, if you're in the area, team A plays team B, and team B. B plays team C. Next time you watch that game, watch how that goal, how that goal, uh, how that coach reacts to the goalie when they give up a goal. Mm-hmm. Do they yell at the goalie? They say, "Oh, what, what are you doing back there? Wake up! What are you doing? Like, it's a bad goal, a good goal, whatever." Do they blame the goalies? Do they yell at their goalies? Do they even interact with their goalies? Um, so I think that that Mike, that's a really good point. Yeah. Obviously, you're not going to see the practice side of things, which could be a completely different animal. Uh, but at least in a game, are they yelling at their goalie that what are you doing back there? Got to make that safe. Well, if you, but, so, but again, okay. if you, if you have the time, listen, we're not asking for people to travel seven hours, right? Like your, your guys point, you, you know, organization A and B might be 30 minutes away from each other. Exactly. You want to go sneak in and watch a practice and see that your goal, the goalie on that team didn't get one shot on net that looked like a hockey shot. Then get the hell out of there. Like run away. Well, that team's the best team in the league. Yeah. Cause, because they're, 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 they're playing teams that they're not supposed to be playing and they don't need a goaltender. They could just might as well put a cone in the net. Like, so if there's no development, but the team is good, <laughs> who cares? Like, I, listen, I, I told a story a long time ago. I watched a when when 8U hockey came to be and the whole fight about, you know, big nets and small nets. I watched his coach put a goalie and laid him down on the goal line horizontally. The kid had a shutout. The kids couldn't lift the puck. And the dad was the most ecstatic person in the world that they won that game. I'm like, you know what? We all lost in this game. Every one of us <laughs> lost. And but the kid won the game, and it was a lot of, and it was like, you know, and even you know, at the end of the game, the kids are jumping on. I'm like, well, he's already laid on the ice. You might as well have have at it. <laughs> I mean, but never had to move. Like, never had to do anything. And you know, and some parents are like, look oh at the mind gosh. on this guy. How strategic he was, knowing <laughs> kids could walk. And I'm like. Yeah. yeah, that's great. But this kid just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe. He's been a butterfly maybe, for 45 minutes. Right. No, not even a butterfly. Just laid there on the just side. Laid there. Yeah. Just laid, you know, like, looked like Clint Malarchuk out there. But I think, I think it's just funny. like, to me, it's just finding the overall piece. But that is a brilliant piece of like, if you don't have to fly to Omaha and you live in Philadelphia, then go drive down the street, watch practice, watch the coach's interaction. 
I, I say that to recruits all the time. Like, if you want to go what? to a team, go. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think I ever, and I know I didn't. I don't think I, I don't think I ever fully recruited a college player that played for me that I didn't see them in practice. Right. I just don't. I mean, games are easy. You know, games is where you know you get. Yes, you can see at the end of a game if a kid breaks a stick over the glass or something. But in practice is really where you see interaction and where personalities come out. And can I coach this kid? You know, can this kid play with kids that are better than him, worse than him? Can a goaltender, is a goaltender going to compete in practice or are they a gamer? You know what I mean? I think, and I think this is like all the kind of stuff you need to see as a parent going into, you know, it's not only, it's not always about what does the coach think of me? Take some power in this goaltending parents. You know, what do I see in you? You know, what, right. what are you going to do for my kid? I'm the consumer. And, and I, I don't know, take advantage of that because you're all talking about there's less and less goaltenders. Well, then, then take advantage of the fact that. You know, the Mike, I want to bring this up, too, because <clears throat> I had this on my list of things to prep. And I actually have to preface this point that uh, uh, Matt and Mitch have been on the show well before I actually interacted with them uh, in, in the, uh, <clears throat> the real world, I'll say. But uh, one of the most wonderful things that happened last season was that um, my kids organization brought them in. Uh, for for goaltending instruction, I don't have a problem telling everybody about this. It's not why you're on the show today. It, it has nothing to do with this show at all. Oh, come on, but Mike, to your no, to your point, when I look at the organization my kids are in, especially my goaltender, that is a huge, awesome flag, not a red flag, a good flag, a star of why we keep returning. And again, there's other organizations in the area. I'm not looking at them, but man, there's a lot of comfort in knowing. Wow, this organization brought in goaltending specialists for every age. Right. That, that take the time to come and help uh, all the goaltenders, not just my my son. Right. So so I'm, I'm just Mike, to your point, that's more important to me than whatever team he or my daughter makes this year. Right. It's oh, they're going to get instruction. Right. They're going to get proper instruction. And, and, I, and I go, Matt, Mitch, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot with that at all. I just I love that. That's something that, that the organization my kids are in did to stand out. And again, as the father of a goaltender. That's more important to me than the team that that he is selected for. Yep, for us, uh, we have normal day jobs. We have boring stay, sit behind a desk. No, job. you don't. You do this full time. That's what we tell you. No, I, I, I would love to, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, for the hundred percent honesty, this we do this because we love it, right? Um, and we do it because it, it is this is our fun job, um, and the really most important thing that. I always ask myself every day is, do I want to keep doing this? And every single day I wake up and I'm grateful to have this opportunity to go to rinks, be in the freezing cold and, and freeze my toes off uh, because I get to interact with so many good people. Um, and I'm a huge believer that mentors have created me into the person that I am today. And I was fortunate enough to have really good examples and coaches and mentors growing up. Uh, and I'm just grateful to have the chance to be able to do that for that next generation. And I think, you know, with that attitude, not to disparage any other goalie coach or anybody else, but sometimes, you know, head coaches, even I can have a bad day. We get on the ice and, you know, we have misplaced anger from something else that happened and we bring it into the hockey rink. Uh, and that can create a very, uh, I would say, dangerous environment mm. for the growth and development of the kids. So for us, because this is something that we love to do and I love to do, and I really enjoy going to the rink and spending five hours on the ice. I can't believe I say that, but I do. Um, 
is because I get to see the growth and the development of the players. Like I've been doing this uh, in this area since 2000, 2006, 2007. Uh, and I have kids that have started out just like your son, Logan, at nine years old, have grown up. They have their, their wife, kids, married, job, and we still talk and we still connect. Um, and some of them played at a very, very high level. And it was a lot of fun to be along that, that, that ride with them to play at college or maybe some pro. And there's a lot more that didn't get the chance to play college or pro, but they still look back and they're grateful that they had that chance. They still look back and they reflect on a lot of the lessons that they learned dealing with adversity. Um, and I'm just grateful to have just a small little piece of that because yes, we're there when we're there, but it's once a week, maybe once every other week that we get to see some of the goalies. So we have a very small piece. It's the coaches, it's the teammates, it's the parents that really help that uh, growth. But we try our best to make the most impactful influence on them in terms of not just the skill development, but also the mental side and the enjoyment side. So, uh, Lee, I appreciate that. It's a, yeah. it's a lot of fun being well, on the ice with those guys. Man, I'll, I'll tell you this, dude, and, and I, you can call this the Christie effect. Anytime you're in the rink, you are smiling. You can tell that you want to be there. <laughs> Right. I, I mean, I mean that. And again, Mitch, I've just spent more time around Matt this season. For sure. But but I mean, there's a present. You look excited to be there. You look like you want to be there. Right. And and the point I'm bringing that up for is, first off, it's great. But the effect that has on the kids. Right. It's not just my son. When you're there, all of the goaltenders are like, all right. You know, what I mean? it's like like they want to be there. Right. It's, it's a huge thing. And again, look, that's not limited to a goalie coach. That should be every coach. All right. They will feed off you. And and again, huge point you bring up. The best advice I ever got, uh, I think, growing up is you don't bring the outside world onto the ice. That is your sanctuary. That is your peace. It is not easy to do. That is much easier said than done. But when you step on the ice, really, the world should be OK. Right. Again, it's not every time. It's something you got to work on. But that is a sanctuary. Right. And and again, as adults, we forget the, the things that our kids are going through. As an adult, they seem like silly problems, but I've always said this. A 10-year-old has a right to their 10-year-old problems. A 15-year-old yes. has a right to their 15-year-old problems. The worst thing you can do as a coach is, well, let me tell you about how hard real life is. Yeah. Your kids don't care. They don't care. No. <laughs> right? So so we talk about meeting them where, where they're at, right? Um, we had Justin yeah. Goldman on the show. He said, you know, you got to meet these kids where they're at. You know, so I think it's just so important from a coaching standpoint even at the tryouts, understanding that, uh, you know, and parents, I, this is something I, I have to say, it might be the, the everything in the world to your kid to make a team, right? That That is logical thinking for a 10, 15-year-old and up. But as the parent, you have to know their life does not hinge on what team they're about to make, all right? And, and, and again, you don't necessarily have to say that, but you need to emulate that and it, through things like, I love you no matter what happens. I love watching you play. You're going to have great development this season, no matter what team you make, right? The, those are the messages, in my opinion, kids need to hear. That, that's kind of where I want to bring this now because we're running out of time here, uh, is the parents, right? And, and again, it's funny, you, you know, Matt, you said in the beginning, oh, the top 10% can go wherever they want. Well, the 50% think their kids are in the top 10%. That's something Mike, yeah. Mike always says, right? Um, so messaging from parents to the kids specifically goaltenders. Mitch, obviously you too on this, right? What what should we be saying? My, my son's about to go on the ice. Now I know what I, I think I want to say, but 
What should we be telling these goaltenders before they take the ice at an eval or a tryout? So for me, I mean, I'm a goalie dad too. Um, so I bring that perspective to it. My son's now playing 18U. Um, but when my son was young and, and work with Matt back when he was a mite, I would say to him before he gets on the ice, have fun, play happy. Yeah. And we actually wrote it on a stick. And to this day, I think he still does, but maybe not. If he doesn't, I'm going to get sure back on it. Mitch. We can't let that streak stop now. No. Um, and that's, that actually came, Cam Ward has that on his stick. I, I forget what it was, but it was something along those lines. Um, but that's all we need to say. Have fun, play happy, and do your best. That's all it is. A win and a loss doesn't define you. You making a team, not making a team doesn't define you. We still love you. You, you still have a place to live in our house. We're still going to feed you. Nothing's going to change. Just go out and have fun and play happy. It's a game. Hockey's a game and games are meant to be fun. And that's the bottom line at the end of the day, especially at 8U, 10U. It, it just have fun. And even at the higher levels, it's still a game. You're still, believe me, it's a lot better than being in my desk right now at my day job. I can tell you that 100,000%. Um, well, except you know, when, I, when you get to do this, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, without, right. without a doubt. Um, <laughs> the one thing I tell kids when they're on the ice with me is, you know, if I see that they're, they're, they're not smiling or whatever, I say, you know what? As you said, this is your sanctuary. You're not at home. You're not making your bed. You're not fighting with, with your, your brother or sister. You don't have to go feed the dog. You don't have to mow the lawn. All you have right now is the ice and now. And we've got great shooters out here. Go out and stop some pucks. Yeah, just have some fun. Are, stop right? thinking and just play. Yeah. Just go out and play. But that's the message. Parents, no pressure on the kids. Just have fun. Play happy. And I love you no matter what. So wait, we're supposed to feed them when they lose? Is that what you're you – Well, that? not good. They, you get, yeah, yeah. they get fancy vegetables. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for, for me, I think it's – it is a, a difficult – situation right because we all want to see our kids we all want to see the goalies play at the highest level and be special so i think it's important to walk that fine line where you're set trying to set expectations and hold them to a higher standard because if you do that more often than not they're going to rise to that standard it might not happen in a day it might not happen in a month might not happen in a year but if you continue to set those higher expectations higher standards Sooner rather than later, they'll be able to reach that level. Right. But it's important to remember, like you said, meet them where they're at. I can't teach a first grader calculus if they don't know simple math and addition and subtraction. So make sure you make smart goals and you talk about them with your kid, right? Smart is specific. What's my specific goal? I want to make XYZ team, all right? M is measurable. Well, did you make it or did you not, right? A is attainable. Am I really going to make the Philadelphia Flyers as a 10-year goal, goalie? Eh, not that, it's not that attainable. So we have to make sure that that's an attainable goal, right? We have to make sure it's realistic. Can If I make this team, am I only trying to make this team because I want to make it or do I want to excel once I get there? And then you have to make sure that there's there's a timetable on it, right? So if I'm I want to make this team and – I, I hate to tell anybody this, but if you're starting to make these goals right now and tryouts are a month away, you may be a little late for this year. So again, realize that if you're just starting to study for the test at 9 a.m. and the test is 10 a.m., mm. it's probably too late. That's but a great if you point. study a day, a week, a month in advance, when that test rolls around, you're going to be a lot more confident going into that classroom. It's the same thing with tryouts. So mom and dad, set high expectations. But make sure they're realistic. Make sure that they're attainable. And make sure when they meet or exceed some of those goals, you give them a little pat on the back. 
I can't, I can't tell you how many, how enjoyable it was growing up whenever my dad gave me a compliment. Right. Only because he didn't give me a compliment that I played outside of my, he gave me compliments on my effort, my attitude, and my attention level. The things that I had control over. And if I got lit up for eight goals, but I played, I played phenomenal, you know, it was 70 shots. He's giving me a pat on the back and say, hey, you battled, you competed, you never gave up, right? And if I play a game and I let up two goals, we went two to one, but the two goals are crap. You know, he's telling me, okay, Matt, I need you. I need more focus. I need more effort. I need more attention. So it's really, instead of focusing on the result, focus more on the process. Give the kids some simple, attainable thing, a simple, easy, easy to do things that they can get their mind right be able to step on the ice and find success uh, instead of worrying about, Oh no, if I don't make this team, my dad's going to be miserable and not say a word on the drive home or mom's going to think, you know, she's going to take away my PlayStation or something along those lines, you know, whatever it may be. Hey, it still uh, happens. I think, yeah, it does. Yeah. And I, I hate that. I, you know, that, that breeds hate for the game. Right. That's right. Like if I, if I go out and I want to have fun and I, I, for the most part, 13 and younger, they are kids that don't have a fully fully developed mind, and they really don't know what they're doing in terms of the hockey world. They watch guys in the NHL and say, that's where I want to be. But they don't know the time, the effort, the sacrifice, the commitment it takes to get there. But it sounds really cool saying it, and I, it's encouraging. I'm setting a goal to make the NHL. Mom and dad have to bring them back down to earth and be able to give them measurable, smart, attainable, realistic goals mm. that they can accomplish so they feel accomplished. Right. If I set a goal, I want to make the NHL and I'm looking five years down the road. It's a grind those five years to be able to get there. You need to be able to give yourself a few pat on the backs of along the way. So, you know, I'll say this too, to your point that and, and a few things, you know, one is that I think we all have to remember. And look, odds are, if you listen to this show, you have an immense amount of love for your child. I think we, we all love our kids, but it's important to remember not every kid has a safe place to go after school, after hockey. And, and when I say safe, I'm not necessarily talking like violent. All right? I'm, I'm talking about no kid wants to go home to a parent that's just ripping on them. You lost that game. You should have made that save. and uh, or, or just a negative environment, right? Your kids need that safety of knowing I can always go home. I can always go back to mom and dad or, or my guardian or whoever. Right. So I, I think that that starts at home, obviously, that starts with the messaging. You know, Matt, you just said that it starts with understanding clear expectations. You know, another thing you mentioned, too, that um, it's funny. You talked about putting in the work. Right. And, and like studying for the test. Uh, it's an amazing moment in your life. And it does happen around that 13, 14, 15 year old uh, time period where you realize, like, well, I don't want to do it, but I have to do it. Right. And then you start falling in love with the process. Right. You, you know, and you get over that hump of, well, I don't want to do it. And you start to realize, but if I do do this, I will be prepared. And that preparation is what gets me ready for the practice and the game. And then it feeds on itself. I've never met. I shouldn't say that. It's extremely, extremely rare that you meet a high level athlete that doesn't have that. There are some people out there with so much talent that, that it doesn't matter, uh, but they tend not to make it too far either. Right. But but. That, that process, that drive, that that wanting to do it. And again, understanding that there's always a safe place to go at the end of the day, right? So I think parents, as you approach evals, remember that you're, you got to be their rock if something does or doesn't go their way, 
right? That, that that's not the eventuality of their lifetime, right? Oh, I can go, I can go to mom. I, I remember, I, you know, I'll, I'll make myself vulnerable for a minute. I remember not making a team and crying the whole ride home. I was so devastated. Again, it ended up, Matt, being one of those teams where the best thing that could have happened to me for that season. But in the moment, I, it was the end of the world. And, and you know, my dad and my mom were really there for me. And, and, and sometimes it was just not even talking. I just <clears> knew <throat> they were there, right? I, I'm so thankful for that, right? Because I can't imagine if they said something like, well, I guess they picked the right kids. You know, I guess you weren't good enough. You know, and that, this happens. This happens all the time, right? It does happen. I also, if we, I don't know, we're kind of tight on time, but you mentioned at the top of the show during evaluations, parents also are part of the equation during the evaluation. And over the years, I've witnessed some goalie parents that are well intentioned, absolutely, but um, to put it kindly, <laughs> a bit over the top, uh, <laughs> constantly yelling to the goalie. Cover it or whatever. Save the puck. That they Save it. To do. Save. <laughs> Cover it. You know, um, and they have a clipboard and they know every single shot, where it went in, where it didn't go in, what shot, you know, they're good at. It's, it's intense. And I, I get it's, you know, all eyes are on your kid and there's a lot of pressure on your kid and it can feel like your kid is going to win it for the team or lose it for the team. How can you give some advice to goalie parents to just kind of maybe pull back a little bit on that? Uh, I mean, for me, honestly, at a tryout, (laughs) very simple. Don't go. Don't go. Oh, I love no, it. Nothing good is going to come from you going because all you're going to do is either do exactly what you're saying or you're just going to drive yourself yeah. nuts. So in all honesty, yes. I mean, I, I, yes. I, I personally nuts. believe, okay. and I know there are some teams that do it, that close evals and tryouts to parents. And I think that, to be to be brutally honest, is the way it should be because you're always going to have, whether it be from a player side, from a goalie side, oh, well, my player played better than that player. My goalie gave up three goals. Well, that goalie gave up five. Well, what were the goals? Or again, it's not the tryout process isn't just those three days. It is a twelve month, or it could be a longer process than that. So true. Um, apparently, I've changed my name. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, in all honesty, parents just stay away. Don't go to tryouts. Don't go. You know, okay, and year round. Yeah. What about their behavior, especially when they're year round? I you mean, know, it, recording them and then doing a play by play when they get home. Here's, here's yeah. I mean, here's you messed up. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a tough position because again, as you said, it, there's only one goalie on the in the net at one time. So yes, all eyes are on that goalie. Uh, but in, in my opinion, it's really just relax. And I tell a lot of parents, just relax. You know, I personally, you know. I stand at the top of the stands on the blue line or the red line. I never stand behind the net where my kid can see me. Um, I'm, I try to be out of sight as much as possible. And I try to, I don't change ends. Um, I, I think just find a spot and just watch. Just watch. Okay, I, need you to, I need you to emphasize that because <laughs> every team we've been on, the goalie dads, moms, stand behind the net. Mm-hmm. Do and, they really stand behind yeah. the net, Christy? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. <laughs> That's crazy. I see it all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and they're talking to their kid, too. Could you please tell parents why 
that is not a good idea to do that. I just think, I mean, they're, let's, well, I'll put it this way. When they're in school taking a test, do you stand right in front of them watching them and saying, two plus two, what do you mean that's five? It's four. What are you talking about? It's four. You Some know, would it, if you it, let it, them, Mitch. <laughs> I, I know. I know. It's good for point. Ride to the rink right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but in all honesty, I mean, for me, it's like, be out of sight. Um, you know, they're there to play their game. The last thing they need to do is give up a goal and, oh, sorry, mom. Didn't mean to give that goal up. You know, it's not. So, like I said, for me, it's be out of sight, uh, be at the top of the bleachers, um, and just make sure when, I mean, listen, as I said before, goals happen. Let's not, you know, put your hands up. Oh my, what what just happened? And listen. I'll be honest. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I mean, it happens every now and again where, <laughs> where, where my son gives up a bad goal and I look up and, and I roll my eyes and I, I'm ashamed to admit, but he has said, it's like, dad, what were you mad at me after that one goal? So I'm like, exactly. why are you? So even yeah. at the top of the stands, they are, they can see you and they're, they sure. are looking at you. Um, yeah. So it's really important. Just, you know, just, just, just watch, encourage, fun, just listen. I know it's stressful. Trust me. I know it's stressful. Um, <laughs> You know, you know, my wife, God bless her, to watch games, she takes pictures, then she wears headphones uh, with music on. She has a, a playlist for, for, for games. So, Fantastic. Um, you know, or she'll have, if she's not taking pictures, she'll have Silly Putty or Play-Doh where she has to do something <laughs> with her hands. So just find some coping mechanism that isn't becoming a, an alcoholic. Um, and- <laughs> <laughs> yes, because in college, that's that's what we do. We go out in the parking yep. lot. And well, it happens outside, it's too. okay. No, just <laughs> yeah. Mitch, I'll um, tell you. But, <clears throat> go ahead, buddy. My bad. But no, it's all good. But uh, it's just, it's um, it is what it is. I mean, whether they pick the position, you pick the position. It's the position that that they play. Um, and we just gotta find a way just to get through whatever long that game is, whether it's a 12, 15 minute period, seventeen minute period, whatever it is. Um, just find a way. But the biggest piece I, the advice I can I can give you is. Don't follow your kid from end to end. Don't be behind the net. Watch from up top and just, first of all, it's one of the worst places to watch a game anyway is <laughs> from behind the net. Um, but just go up top and, and just find a way to distract yourself while, while the game's going on. It's really the best advice. My, my new favorite is the instant replay, Mom, is where, where the actual game is getting filmed, the goal gets scored, and the kid can come to the glass, and you can replay the goal right instant in real time. I'm like, what Wait the heck does that You've do? You've actually seen time? that? Uh, Have you actually zero? There's there's zero embellishment of that story, and it happens a lot. Like I'm like I I said this is a this is insanity, you know. And I and, and then I I want to do it with my defenseman, but I, I just think it's like one of those things where I'm like, wow, that's, you know how how much stress is that, you know, for a kid to Too sit much. there. Well, and, and not yeah. only the kid, it's even the coach. Like the coach, like I don't want you looking at mom or dad. I want you looking at me. Like right. I want right. you reacting right. to me. I want you to react into yeah. your teammates. I want you coming out of the net, coming over to the bench to me and right. and you know and that's that's but again I, I blame that on honestly I blame that on coaching I blame that on not educating and talking and and, and laying all those kind of ground work out prior to the season mm-hmm. and that's that communication yeah. between goal like imagine if your goalie coaches sat with the parents and the coaches and said hey listen this is a strategy we want to look at this year and one of the strategies is let's not have mom and dad behind the net with the GoPro uh, uh, you know uh, uh, filming every game because what are you, you know, doing, Mike? Mike, I, I'm going to say that one of the things that that, and again, I'm, I hope this isn't like I'm patting myself on the back. I, I'm not trying to. One of the things I'm most proud of is that my son doesn't look to me when things are going wrong, right? He doesn't look up into the stands 
uh, uh, for approval or for anything, right? It, it's he he's in his domain, right? And I'm also proud that like if he needs a, a moment of comfort or if he made a huge save, sometimes he will like pump his arm at me. But that's not because he needs me to be there. It's he's sharing the moment with me, right? And I think that's true for all parents. True for my daughter too. I don't want you to have to 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 need me in those moments. Of course, I'm there for them if they do. But the point is that, that that's not what I want the reaction to be, right? And it's funny, you, Matt and Mitch. Um, last year, a parent came up to me at the eval and literally said, how are you so calm? <laughs> it's like they came up to me and asked that. And it's because of what you said before. I didn't say this, but you 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 articulated it so well. So the hockey gods have written this already. It's just it is what it is, right? Like, like all I care is that 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 he or she is just doing the best that they can. And I said, I have no control over the outcome of this. And me being nervous is not going to affect the outcome. If anything, it will make it worse for my kid. Right. Yeah. So it's just something I think about, too, is and again, I, I, I must have been like 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 laid back at this tryout in the stands, just just kind of eating a soft pretzel or something like that. How are you so calm? I'm like, how are you not? It's like this, there's nothing we can do. Right. Just just to enjoy it. But, uh, you know, I wanted to mention that like sometimes, you know, and, and I think, again, as a parent. There's this, there's this, you know, paternal feeling of like, uh, look at me, I, you need my help, and it's, you know, th that's natural. I'm not, I'm not negating any parent the, the need to help their child. It is, it is obviously right. something we all share, but you can also be proud that they don't need you right now, and that's okay. They need their coach, <laughs> right? They need their teammates, right? And you, you will be there for them should they need you directly. That, that's the compliment. Is that? That's why I said before. It's a safe place. You can always come back to me. You can always come home, right? It's just not always going to be the case. Matt, no, welcome back. No, I mean, that, 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 that's you. a great point you make. Um, you know, whenever game's over, my son gets back in the car. I give him win, loss, whatever. He gets the however much time he needs to vent, and right. I won't say a word. Like, whatever. Yeah. My, my D did that. What, what, I'm like, okay, are you, are you done? And then once he's done, then we can we move on. Right. But I mean, I think that's key is after that tryout, after a game or whatever, just let your kid vent. You don't need to, you don't always have to answer every question. Not everything is a, oh, it's going to be okay, John. Sometimes, you know what? It happened. Go in it. Like you're allowed to be angry, you're allowed to be upset, or you're allowed to be ecstatic, right? It's like emotions are okay. Yeah. Negative or positive, emotions are okay. Mitch, let's, here's another one too, is if they don't bring it up after the game, I don't bring it up. If, if, they, don't, if they don't want to talk about it, or they're not they're not volunteering it and don't get me wrong i'm a hockey coach it's hard not to talk about it but if they don't bring it up i won't talk about it i only talk about it when they ask or they want to talk about it so it, like i think we get lost sometimes too it's like you just lost the game and you don't care they might not care that's okay <laughs> it's like especially if they're really young where right? are we having lunch yeah, yeah. right we're going to mcdonald's you know? yeah right you know like sometimes no you lost you don't get mcdonald's yeah you, we don't feed you when you lose the game you guys know this all right five goals or more you don't eat dinner either uh, no, that, that's obviously not the case. But I, 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 I think it's so important that, again, meet them where they're at. You're right. We don't have to fix everything in that moment. And again, adults, we're ad we, we like to think we're all adults. How do you vent? When you're venting, you don't ne necessarily need someone to tell you it's going to be. You just want to get it out. Like they're not that dissimilar from adults, right? But what you can do as a child is learn how to compartmentalize and how to use that emotion and use those strategies to be better as an adult. Like I'm always trying to help my kids learn it before I did. Sometimes that's not talking. I'm a, I'm a show host and a coach. I talk a lot, right? Sometimes it's hard for me not to do that. Anyway, 
I'm now I'm I'm monologuing. We we got to close this at yes. some point. This is starting to get picked up. But like Christy's got a time out here, right? So, um, <laughs> yeah, up. Matt, I'll, I'll give you and Mitch any final words you have, and then we'll close this episode out. Sure. If I could just comment on the parent thing one last time. Um, at a younger age, I needed my dad at the rink. Sure. Because he was he was very stoic. He didn't show emotions. Always stood there across. And no matter if it was a great game or a bad game, I just knew that he was there. And he was uh, a, a valued voice in my hockey career. And my mom was always there. She was always the nice lady. Always, no matter what happened, gave me a pat on the back. And then as I grew older and I matured, I didn't need them there anymore. Right. I wanted them there. And then as I got older and I, I moved away, I really wanted them there. Not because of feedback or anything. I wanted to share this experience with my parents. I wanted to share this this time that I had with my father. Um, and that's not easy for parents to do. So just remember, parents, the way that you act around your kids at a young age is going to dictate the relationship that you have with them later down the road. So that's all I wanted to say in, in terms of Especially that. Especially when grandkids come into the picture. You're yeah. going to want to be around. <laughs> you want your kids to want you there. Yes. Right? Yeah. Mitch, any final thoughts? Yeah, um, final thought, just for, for this more for the goalies, just going out at the tryout. Just make sure, again, 100% effort, 100% attention every time they step on the ice. And the biggest thing I can tell you is, that I can say is when doing skating drills, and, and this is one of my biggest pet peeves, um, doing a line drill, and they say skate to a line, skate to the line, please. I ran a, and this is not, I'm not exaggerating this. I ran a junior main camp last summer. Um, so we're talking about goalies who are between the ages of 17 and 20. Um, blue line, red line back. I ran three sessions, 20 goalies each. I would say over half the goalies did not make it to that line. Wow. And this is a try. And I basically, I went off and I said, guys, this is a tryout. Like, do you understand that people are watching you right now and you could be just as good as goalie A and goalie A skated the line and goalie B you didn't? Guess whose line just got crossed out? It's not goalie A's. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really important, especially during skating drills, whatever drills you're doing, just give 100% effort. And if you have to go to the line, go past the line. Do not stop short of the line. And that's a story for life, too. You don't stop short of the line. <laughs> and my analogy is, you know what, if a, if a teacher gives you homework and you have to read pages 1 through 10, and you have a test the next day and you only read, read pages one through eight and all the test questions are on pages nine and ten, you probably failed the test because you didn't read it. So it's no different than skating to a line or finishing a drill or whatever it is. It, it's a motto for life. Skate to the line, fin just finish it out, do it the way it should be done every single time. Oh, so tough. <laughs> Get, could, could I give a, uh, a little send off in terms yeah, of the trials as well? Yeah. So. Try not to leave anything to chance, and that just goes the same thing with Mitch, right? Do everything to the hundred, do everything to the best of your ability, and try with a hundred percent. Now, that's simple and easy for us to say, and simple and easy for us to hear. The hard part is that doesn't guarantee you success. So, when you're in any tryout environment, look at your peers, see what the other people are doing as well. Engage your level versus theirs. And if you're on the same playing field and you don't make it, take that as motivation that I'm right there. If you don't make it and you look to the left and everybody is so much better than you, take that as motivation that I need to develop. Right? So no matter what you do, hard work, dedication, commitment increases your chances of success, but it doesn't guarantee it. 
stay motivated. Don't get discouraged. This is a long-term investment. Uh, and it does take many, many years to reach the goals that everybody's setting for themselves. So enjoy the ride and en- embrace the process. Well, this entire episode proves once again that the entire purpose of our kids play goalie, our kids play hockey, the ride to the rink, all of our episodes is that hockey is a vehicle for your growth as a human being, right? And when you approach the game that way as a parent, as a player, as a coach, the results tend to be pretty good. Right. When you have that big view and if it's just about making one team, that's going to be your viewpoint. It's going to be very small. So uh, Matt Tendler, Mitch Harris, just fantastic stuff. Once again, here on this episode of Our Kids Play Goalie, I want to thank you both for being here. Um, also want to thank Christy Cashiano Burns, Mike Benelli, my co-host, yeah. my faithful co-host. Yeah. Make him like superhero. A great big dose of the goalie doctors. Always good medicine, guys. That. Thank you. That's going to have to be. We're going to put that on the wall at their location. (laughs) That's been uh, another great episode of Our Kids Play Goalie, powered by NHL Sensor Arena. Make sure to check them out at hockey.sensorina.com. For the entire crew here, thank you so much for watching. We're wishing you the best in your evals, or if it's in the middle of the season when you're listening to this, remember, it's a 12-month process, so we're wishing you the best in your evals, whatever they are. Uh, uh, For Christy Cashiano Burns, Mike Benelli, Mitch Harris, and Matt Tendler, I'm Lee Elias. We'll see you on the next edition of Our Kids Play Goalie. Take care, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Make sure to like and subscribe right now if you found value wherever you're listening, whether it's a podcast network, a social media network, or our website, ourkidsplayhockey.com. Also, make sure to check out our children's book, When Hockey Stops, at whenhockeystops.com. It's a book that helps children deal with adversity in the game and in life. We're very proud of it. But thanks so much for listening to this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey, and we'll see you on the next episode.